So unfortunately, my beloved Golden State Warriors, of which I've been a lifelong, and by that I mean for the past six years or so, bandwagon Fairweather fan, have been eliminated from the NBA playoffs or postseason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for you too. Yes. Yours, well, the, here's, the, here's the problem is that the, the Warriors got knocked out by the L.A. LeBrons of Anaheim. And that was a bummer. And because it does feel like a wasted opportunity because, um, not to tell tales out of school, but unfortunately um, your team got, uh, got swept by the Colorado Rockies. Who, who did they lose to? Yeah, that's right. They're the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it was sad. And also, I did not know, um, because I'm a Fairweather fan and I don't really pay that much attention to the regular season, uh, both teams had an extremely middling performances. Like They were right next to each other in terms of mediocrity and in terms of regular season. Yeah, they were. So, yeah, so kind of kind of nobody deserved to win, but it's fine. Um but the reason I bring that up is that uh and we'll get to this later in the show because I've been a cord cutter or I got rid of cable uh when I moved a year ago almost um and just never signed back up uh for the uh NBA postseason, I signed up for that service that uh, Jason Snell seems to love called Fubo TV. Oh yeah. So we'll get to that to like the substance of that, but that also meant that I did have access to cable again for a bit. And then there's not a lot going on in cable these days. No. <laughs> but I had, this is the first time in a while I had had access to HGTV again, mm-hmm. and also uh, the Magnolia Network and other stuff. We might, we might get to that, but it's also probably gonna be a jam packed show because uh, apologies we haven't. Uh, done this in like a month but gonna send you a link and you may remember this because this was like three weeks ago but i so i had hgtv on in the background because that that is i think that's the tagline of the channel on in the background pretty good um and i was watching it with the sound off and i noticed in one of the opening scenes when they're uh one of the is this one is one of them named scott i'm just guessing uh, the, the, their last name is Scott. Drew and is it really? Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could just be Scott Scott. No, I was thinking, I think, was thinking one of their first names was actually Scott. But in one of them, when they were driving to a house in like Burbank or something, because um, I, I didn't know that the Property Brothers is not a, um, like it's not like Fixer Upper or I think it's called Restoring Galveston. Like they're, they're, they usually center on like a very specific region or like metro area. But the Property Brothers, they, they, they get around. Right. Right, mm-hmm. but they uh, one of the property brothers was driving between like jobs, uh, in in a Model X, mm-hmm. and this was upsetting news to know. And then I had to do I had to do some research, and and because the thing is that this put together a couple of pieces that involve you, and I was like, mm. oh, that's 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 why he still has that obsession with the gullwing doors because he wants he wants to be like Jonathan Scott. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they admit it with this. So you'll put a link in the show notes to this Motor Trend article. So he's in front he's in front of his Las Vegas McMansion uh with a Model X with the gullwing doors open uh wearing uh blue jeans a uh I like this weird gray vest with the top button undone like an Avril Lavigne style tie. Uh it's it's in in the uh, the sleeves rolled up a little bit. It's definitely it's definitely a look. It's it's actually real real time follow up. It appears to be the bottom button that's undone, not the top one. But but continue. No, no, the top button of a shirt. Wait, what do you mean? 
Oh, the top button of his shirt. I see. And then it looks like... The- oh, no. For for, ba- for balance, he ha- also has... Or I don't know. Maybe he just took some scissors on it. Like a, a, a middle schooler trying to look cool and like also cut off like a triangle in his vest. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. And yeah, this so this guy. So I, I had to do some research. So apparently... So his... What's his brother's name? Travis? Uh, well, there's Drew, who's the other main property brother. And then they actually have, a, there's a third brother. There's a third Scott brother, uh, JD, who is um, only occasionally featured on their on their shows. But but uh, Drew and Jonathan are the two two guys in front of the camera, if you will. Okay. So, yeah. So, wow, there's a, there's a lot of photos of those. He, he, he took this at many different angles with this, with this weird pose. Um, anyway, it's just, it's, oh God, can, can you, can you go to the slideshow and then go to the fourth picture where he's doing this like ninja jump in front of his car? Um, oh gosh, this, oh, I see. Yeah. Hmm. Oh no. Hmm. Lots Not un- great. Lots to unpack there. <laughs> um, cause, and I, and I take that as a confirmation of my biases, which is that you, even as somebody who very, very much likes this guy in this show. This picture's a lot. Is he? But the re- is this like a a play on on the doors? I don't. I don't quite. No, I just. I just think he's the kind of guy who would put on his his wear his tie like a samurai bandana or something, and thinks that. Anyway, hmm. it, it it was it was an interesting thing to see in the periphery, and I, I did not know. Like, so I, I just googled a property brother model X, and apparently this is uh, something that has been well researched by the internet. Um, and yeah, I just thought, I thought it was interesting, but also his, I, I'm guessing the smarter brother or, or like the, the more sensible brother has, um, a Jaguar I-Pace, which of that same class of car is, it seems like the more classy pick, the less ostentatious one, even though it's probably equal in cost. Well, I think it's the same brother who has both. It's Jonathan who has both the Model X and the I-Pace. I don't think so. That That's what this, that's what this Motor Trend article that you linked to says. Oh, are they the same guy? Mm-hmm. Plays, are, oh, they're like the Olsen twins, where you, if you like squint, you kind of can't tell. No, okay. no, mm-hmm. they're you. You can tell them. Apart. They look. What's it, so? His name's Drew. Drew. The Scott. the other ones. The other ones. Drew. Mm-hmm. Drew Scott. There's Scott. a photo of them together, also further down in the the Motor Trend article. You can tell them apart. Okay. Anyway, it, it's just oh, woof. I, like it, it was a lot, and to know that he has this much of an association uh that that was something that was kind of interesting i guess the last thing about the show is that do you how much of the actual work on a project do you think they do like do you think it's literally they they film like the three minutes and then they're just done or do you think they still kind of have their heart in it the the lady friend and i talk about this sometimes my theory is that most hgtv stars probably follow a similar arc where early in their career perhaps even when they actually start you know filming a show they're probably doing a fair bit of the work but then as they become more successful and famous they probably increasingly do less of the work particularly you know stars like the the you know the the Scott brothers and Chip and Joanna like the ones who have all kinds of different business ventures and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. I I assume that ends up taking a lot of their time such that the amount of time that they're spending on set for one of these shows is designed to be basically as little as possible. Mm -hmm. 
So I bet yeah, there's, there's kind of a kind of a, a, an inverse relationship between how famous an HGTV personality is and how much of the actual work they do on the shows that they're filming. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, yeah, Model X has fans. Uh, kind of weird that the Model X has not, other than the fact that they kind of they tried he tried to jam in the the yoke steering wheel. Model X basically cosmetically entirely unchanged in like the six years it's been around, right? Yeah, they as part of that whole yoke steering wheel thing, which I don't know if you've been following this now. They've completely no. <laughs> um, so they um, a few months ago they. Um, brought out an option for a traditional steering wheel which they you know swore they would never do and then just recently um i think like the in the past few weeks the regular steering wheel actually came became the default and you Mm -hmm. you have to pay more for the yoke now (laughs) so you have to pay more for a dramatically inferior (laughs) uh, option yeah which which is which is quite amusing well yeah but but that's kind of how it should be I mean, because like, that's, that's the thing with like, I don't know if you like, do you, you don't go down to San Jose much, but like, there's definitely an aesthetic where there's like, kind of people will want, like you pay extra for a car. Like, this is actually like a weird new, new trend where I think in the past, like in the nineties, like if you wanted a car that had like a lot of chrome or looked like fancy ish, you had to pay extra for that. And now it's the opposite where cars come with like with a bunch of chrome and then you have to pay more. I like, I forgot what Tesla calls chrome, it. Chrome delete. And then, like, I mean, Audi has, like, there are many brands where, uh, like, Audi calls it the black optics package. Like, mm. it, there's just a lot of things where making a car, it, like, it just, yeah, it's like trends go in and out. Like, sometimes bell bottoms are cool. Like, it's it's just, like, it, it, it wraps around and eats itself, where your car not being shiny is now a big thing. And I think this is maybe, maybe a San Jose thing, but also I think it happens in Maroon, too. People are doing this thing where they really want the paint of their car to be like a matte finish mm, yeah are, are you familiar with this i the the wrap yeah well like you can actually like if, from bmw they can actually do it where it's actually like satin paint and it's I, not like a, think, a wrap on top of it but i think most, most of the ones you later. see though are are, are wraps. oh totally yeah 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 it's yeah car uh, i don't know like my my thesis or theory or, or my my preference around cars has always been something like kind of nice but completely un- uh like unassuming and unobtrusive like you want it to be the blandest car in the world and you're less likely to get pulled over yeah the it's funny with teslas and color because well, tesla they, only offers you know what four or five different colors and and you know all teslas yeah. look look the same so when you see one that's not one of those four or five colors that they offer it it, it really well, really know. stands out Mm-hmm. And, and you know right that this person you know really went to went some effort way. yeah but also like 90 percent of the time it is some really bizarre ugly color or it's one of the weird wrap <laughs> things it's i it's only happened once or twice where i've actually seen a tesla in a non uh, non-stock i guess is what the kids would say color um with that i've actually gone oh okay yeah that looks nice well, can we can you go to the vanity plate channel on our slack of course, it's one of my favorites. Well, it's one of four. <laughs> um, but I, I uh, hey, Salesforce has not deleted this picture, thank goodness. Uh, oh, man, I'm so mad that the free plan is so cheap, but I refuse to pay the $17 a month. Um, there was a model, so, well, actually, two things. So one, like, the re- the thing of you bringing that up, the fact that, like, Tesla only has four colors, very much because in Marin County, like, the Model 3 
is kind of like the Honda Civic of Marin. Yep, checks is that out. Fair? Mm-hmm. Like in that, and that used to be the BMW 3 Series. Like it, again, it, it's it's cyclical. But uh, when I was driving to work one day, I saw somebody in a Model Three with so this is the oldest message in the thing. I don't think we talked about it on the show where somebody did like they painted some of the body panels red on a white car so that it looks like a gigantic peppermint. And the vanity plate is P-E-P-R-M-I-T. Did I? Oh, I, gosh, when you sent this, I completely didn't notice the multicolor paneling. I think maybe I assumed it was was a dumb vanity plate. Oh, well, no, no, no. I thought it was maybe a, just a reflection of the... Because, of course, there's another Model 3 next to it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe just a reflection of the, the red Model 3 that's no, next to no, it. But no, I, no, I, no, I see it's it like... Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. That's, and, per, that's, even more, that's even more than Jonathan Scott doing a ninja pose in front of his Model X. Yeah, this would be much more endearing if he, if he was rolling up to pro, uh, to home renovation projects and like if he I don't know made his car like what's also like no an Oreo would just look like a police car I don't know we'll, we'll workshop it mm-hmm. but um what was my last point oh earlier today uh I saw and I didn't because I was it was I was on the freeway so I couldn't take a picture uh there was somebody who had a Model Three but had a bumper sticker on it that said love the car hate the man okay and I. I couldn't tell if I loved it or hated it. I, I, I'm very anti-bumper sticker. Like, I mean, I this on my own personal cars. Like, if, I think you, like, you have a magnet that is, or is yours actually a sticker that's just like baby on board, but it's baby Yoda. Yeah, that's a, right? a, a, a magnet. Yeah. So that's like, but like this was, this was unmistakably a bumper sticker just to say that, hey, I like electric cars, but fucking Elon Musk. And I was, I was kind of into it. So, yeah. Yeah, nice I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about it in real time here because I also, my initial reaction was, do I love that or do I hate that? I, th- I think I love it. That's, that's where I'm going to land there. No, he's a schmuck. Like, that's the, uh, there's so, like, I've had this conversation so many times, folks, like, which is that it's a car I would own if he wasn't such a piece of shit. And, and that, that, oh man, it's, it's, it's a bummer. But I'm just banking that I wait two years and there will be better options. Yeah, I think, I think but, there will be. Yeah. Uh, but you won't be able to charge them. So actually, that leads right into mm-hmm. the other bit of uh, the opener, which is that. Nice. So actually, this this is something because yeah, we're we're gosh darn professionals here. Um, we've both been in San Diego recently, correct? Yes. Uh huh. Since the last time we recorded, we have both been in the San Diego area. Yes. Um, this is not going to be organized anyway. But the re- the reason this dovetails into each other is, and I think we both independently made the same observation, which is. I think San Diego has more vanity plates than any other city I've ever traveled to. Yeah, there's a lot. It's true. What was the one that you caught? Um, I, I had a, it was behind a Model Y um, that had zero gas with zero spelled X E R O, which which for <laughs> well, it spelled my, like the accounting story. I was going to say, which for my accounting friends out there is a particularly <laughs> deep cut. I my 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 hope when I saw this was that this was an accountant driving this this tesla because that that's that would be pretty phenomenal there is somebody in marin that has a car that has a vanity plate cpa car but it's a, <laughs> but it's an unre, but it's an unremarkable car I, th- I think it's just like some like mercedes c-class from like 2004 yeah, so that's 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 the person who had it when i tried to get that darn them no yours was um 
Yours was just some if. I don't know. You've got to workshop that, too. You've got a couple more letters you need to... Uh, a VLOOKUP is too long. I think California only gives you seven letters. Actually, no. Oh, shit. That would, that would can work. You, can, you put the, can you put the equal sign in a vanity plate? Could you do like... No, e- but, but... I don't think you can, huh? California is one of the weird states where you can put symbols on it. So you can't... Ooh. Oh, man. Sorry. Hold on. Let me send you a link. Um, it's actually in case you ever want to start a streaming service. Um, so if you get a... Um, see so yeah so it's like it's the it's called the have a heart be a star plate which is like allegedly for families but you are able to put on either a hand a heart a star or a plus sign so if you ever wanted to start a streaming service or some type of um get some uh a recurring revenue you could have that as a license plate too um yeah but yes san diego a lot a lot not even but not even just the cringy ev ones uh but there are a lot of vanity plates down there um so do you have any highlights or takeaways from your time down there um what would any are you asking like tech related or just just in general anything anything food weather being by the ocean Um, not being in northern california (laughs) well san diego's great overall i guess that's point number one um Point number two, traffic's gotten very bad down there. Not to be that guy that just complains about traffic, but I, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that there. Um, <laughs> while, while you're in a car contributing to traffic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, oh, I think you'll, you'll appreciate um, this, this part. This is not San Diego specific, but okay. um, relates to my time down there. We rented a minivan because we... We, you know, had had the two the two new housemates and brought their mm-hmm. enormous double stroller, um, <laughs> and had two gigantic, you know, check on suitcases and a pack and play. Like, I mean, we were we were we had a lot of stuff. So, real quick, and, put a pin on that. Um, mm-hmm. What is a pack and play? Because, like, sorry, this this morning on the daily, I learned what a bath book was. Didn't know what that was. What's a pack and play? So uh, whoever invented the pack and play is a, a very wealthy person. So this is a... Is it spelled just how it sounds or is it P-A-K-N-P-L-Y or something? P, basically how it sounds. P-A-C-K and then apostrophe N play. Wait, it's um, a foldable crib? Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Uh-huh. And it's, it, it folds down really compact. It's super quick and easy to, you know, unfold and fold. It's great. Um. Can so, I make a, make a quick observation about kids stuff? Mm. I would not trust a thing that costs seventy dollars to hold a child. Like uh, kids stuff is oddly cheap sometimes. Like I assume it's like a wire cutter thing where to get the good one, it's actually quite expensive. Like, what's the brand? What's what's like the bougie, like the very pricey aspirational stroller brand? Uh, uh, Isn't up, there one that's up, like up a baby? Is that the one that's like seven hundred dollars? That's yeah, that's that the official stroller of uh, the Marine. <laughs> Well, oh, and, yeah, well, also also probably in Marin County. Marin, yeah. Marin County, Noe Valley, and the Marina. Yeah, they're all yep. okay. Yep. Although up baby doesn't doesn't sound for doesn't sound uh like foreign enough. Like it's like one of those things like where you have to have like something that sounds like it's like it came out of Sweden or something. I feel like there's a, there's another brand for this, but yeah. Okay, sorry. What's up? Oh, never mind. Continue, please. Yeah. So we so we rented a minivan. Um my my expectations for the specific minivan that we would get 
because you because you, you know when you rent the car it kind of just says like oh you know you're going to get this car or something like similar to it so you never really know the the specific type of car you're going to get what year it mm -hmm. is like what feature it has etc mm -hmm. so my expectations were were really low turns out we got a, a really um really nice one so we got a chrysler pacifica I don't know what model year it was, but it must have been pretty new. Um, Is that the one with the like the the crazy versatile like uh, flip down seats and stuff? Well, yeah, the, all all the all the minivans kind of have that. The the thing that made the Pacifica unique is that it's the only uh, plug in hybrid minivan, hmm. and unfortunately, they didn't provide cables or anything, so we weren't able to actually plug it in. But it does do some regenerative braking, and that you know partially charges the battery in normal use and i gotta say it 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 drove really well like it wasn't quite like my model three but it it really had a you know good amount of pep to it and it's it was not sporty, like, but it's nimble exactly yeah and, and like crazy fuel efficient like we were driving this thing around all week for like for a full week and used half a tank of gas um like we picked it up in orange county drove it to san diego drove it all around san diego drove it back to orange county to drop it off and yeah half a tank of gas so that's pretty good um well wait so can i ask a question how do you yeah. how did you get the, the the stroller and the uh the pack and play to orange county uh so the pack and play gets gets checked along with the other checked baggage and then the Does, stroller got gate checked do those things have like tote bags or like do they have already like a way for it to be handled by not so gentle airport crews like i i, I can't imagine traveling with children so how, how does that work or so does the, it just like yeah so the pack and play has has a carrying case so yeah that was that was fine interesting question that you raise um about the stroller because that was something that i don't think this was to the point where it was a debate, but it was, it was something that was discussed as to whether or not we were going to get a, um, like a bag for the stroller. Cause they, they sell these just, you know, bags that you can put strollers in before, before you hand them off to be, um, gate checked. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I ultimately didn't get one mostly because this double stroller that we have, even when you fold it up, it's, it's absolutely enormous. So I wasn't really sure if a bag that I bought on Amazon would even fit this thing. And it's also, it's pretty unwieldy to carry when it's folded up, especially in its double seat configuration. There's not really a, like a clear handle point. And so I, I thought that if I put this thing in a bag, that would make it even more difficult to, you know, carry around than it was already going to be. So I, so we ultimately, um, we all ultimately didn't put it in a bag. So you just fold it up and hand it off to the nice person, you know, by the entrance to the plane who then just, you know, takes it and puts it underneath for you. And then, you know, with, 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 um, the gate check stuff, that's not going through, you know, <laughs> the whole, you know, bag carrying system in an airport where I'm sure bags get thrown around and bang into each other and all that. Like when you gate check something, it's, it's literally just being carried, you know, from the jetway to the plane so it's you know not really getting tossed around as much so 
No, mm. no, no bag or other protection for the stroller. Got it. Okay, interesting. Are you, um, you guys would never personally buy a minivan. You'd always well, go midsize to large I, SUV. Well, so you know, we we replaced our car um, last summer um, with a with an Acura MDX. Gotta say, in retrospect, a minivan would have been a really, really appealing option. But it it is really it's it's really hard to overlook the looks of it because even this Chrysler Pacifica that we had, which I I wouldn't say was it like an it looks u- ugly car, but it, it looks it looks fine. It's doing it's doing fine. It's working. It's doing what it it it's fine. The the thing that I also because of course so part of part of what I did like in the evenings just when we had a little bit of downtime is I, I went real deep on the minivan research because I became very curious about what like what options were available for this specific car that we were renting and like what, what all the other minivan options were. Um and it's funny you you pay a or you get a huge discount if you get a minivan. Like what I mean by that is the the Chrysler Pacifica that we had was significantly bigger than than our MDX. Like when you have the third row down, I mean, there's just like space for days. Like even like so for us getting to and from the airport in the MDX, like getting all the suitcases and the stroller and everything that we had with us, like we could fit it all in the trunk, but it was a, it was a tight fit. Whereas in the minivan, I mean, you you just throw all that stuff in there and have have extra space. Um. And it's got, you know, all, all kinds of great features with like the, the doors, you know, electronically opening and closing. It had wireless car play with like this really, really oh, high yeah. resolution, nice screen. It, it was a, it was well, a plug. That's, that's the thing where I'm on, I'm on the page and it's, it's boasting that it's the tech, most technologically advanced minivan in its class. It, I don't know what that means. Che- I mean, it checks software, out. I had, had like, I mean, the, the software looks like it leaves a lot to be desired when it's not in car play. Is it is that misleading? Is it, um, is it more fluid it was, and, and intuitive than it expect than it looks like? It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I didn't spend a ton of time outside of CarPlay, but it it seemed okay. Um, okay. Good, something you'd appreciate. Really good balance between touch controls, but also having plenty of physical controls for things like the the climate system and stuff. I like that. Um, had the you know the fancy uh, top down view when you were you know backing up um still conspicuously and, absent for the model three um actually every tesla i know um 32 miles i think is the range on it if if you fully you know charge up the battery and go battery only um and you know i'm sure you've noticed this like nor- you know normally plug-in hybrids you pay a pretty big premium for those compared to um like a non-plug-in hybrid version of basically the same car but this this Chrysler Pacifica, even like the you know the plug-in hybrid model, kind of fully tricked out, was kind of like the same price that we paid for the MPX. So for yeah. you know a, a much bigger, more capable car, so um, you really you really do get a, a pretty big discount for resigning yourself to having a minivan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real quick, are, are you? Well, let me send you the link. Uh, so still going back to the technology page on the Chrysler website. Do they really have cameras in the ceiling of the car so that you can watch your kids on the infotainment screen? Oh, so scroll, I scroll like scroll exactly halfway down the page. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't think ours had that. Not that I That's noticed, but I I do Just turn yeah, around. I, I do um I do remember seeing um some pictures of this, yeah. Yeah. No, just just turn around because like if, I mean if you're using that while you're dry, like I I can't see how that's any safer than just turning your head. Yeah. Um interesting. Okay. Um yeah, oddly uh, uh rental cars in San Diego as opposed to every other city like absurdly cheap. Uh well this this minivan we actually picked up and dropped off in Orange County and oh. was was not at all cheap. Um however <laughs> It was much, much nicer than expected, and we ended up spending quite a bit less on gas than I was expecting, so that yeah. kind of, that helped. Got it. Okay, and anything else on San Diego? Or The the one more, the one additional San Diego-specific thing to call out for you, I guess maybe next time you're down there, um, is um, the Liberty Station Stone location. So I've been to all of Stone's other locations, but had never been to the Liberty Station location. What is Stone? What is any of this? Uh, well, Stone, Stone Brewing, so a, a brewery. Okay. Uh, their their main location is in Escondido. They actually had a location up in Napa for a couple of years, but that that closed. Uh, but that was a cool location as well. Um, and this Liberty Station spot was was awesome really cool interior awesome patio um great uh merch shop which i always appreciate when i'm visiting a a brewery it it actually kind of almost looked like it was the main location but that the escondido location is is their main one but the liberty station one seemed to have like a bigger store and and seemed to have like a bigger tap list and stuff um so yeah it was it was it was great Excellent, excellent hmm. food, good variety of beer. Yeah, it's good stuff. Interesting. Okay. And Liberty, Liberty Station's neat. Um, bunch of different, you know, shops. There's a, a coffee coffee place that we went to across the street from Stone after lunch, and that, that was really that was really nice. Where's oh yeah, I didn't I didn't end up going to Point Loma or wherever this is. Yeah, yeah. So huh, that that area. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, so a couple of San Diego things. So one, Lashley, uh, car stuff first or miscellaneous observations first? Um, well, we're on, we're kind of doing car talk here, so hit me with some car talk. So, so apparently, anytime I go anywhere, my new thing is I'm just going to rent a random electric car on Turo. So this time, so in Austin, I rented a Model Three Performance, and this time I want I asked for a Model X, and instead I was given a Bolt EV. So. The Bolt EV to is, tomato tomato. It, it, uh, yeah, it said Model X or similar, and then they. That's what they <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's that's not how Turo works, but that was that was my joke. Um. So is the can you still buy the old uh, the Bolt EV? Because I know Chevy is because it it the Bolt the second generation Bolt was built on a deprecated battery technology or something. They're not going to make it anymore. Can you still buy it? Yes, you can. So there's the Bolt EV and there's the Bolt EUV, Oof, which is a yeah. sl- slightly bigger version. You can still yeah. buy both. I think they're manufacturing them through like the the end of this year or something like that. Got it. So this is such a weird car 
and also well can i can i can i say something uh electric cars are the future Mm. hot take hadn't hadn't heard that before it and and by that i mean and i don't i have very conflicted feelings about this and this is not going to come out very nuanced but this was a this is a pretty crappy car but i feel like the worst electric car like maybe excluding the nissan leaf is better than all but the highest performance gas cars does that make sense oh yeah totally like i think i have like decent a a moderately nice car and it's reasonably sporty this car is like other than the fact that like so uh, this car is so crappy in so many ways the like the materials and i know i made this this knock against the model 3 and i I think it's valid like the materials and the build quality of the model 3 kind of kind of not great this one like so plasticky at like the steering wheel is terrible the pedals feel bad every part of it stinks like the no, no 360 camera no no power trunk clothes like just all, all, all of it. it's it's so bare bones and not very good and in terms of like handling and steering also not very good but this is a twenty seven thousand dollar electric car that in terms of like acceleration and pep like beats like my like beats my car so, so handily in terms of like going from like merging onto a freeway and going from 30 to like 75 it's so much better like it, it's it's very frustrating that electric cars are are that good but this car on its own sucks like so so much of it is so bad uh apparently it's to be the last gm car other than the hummer ev that's going to come with carplay um it, everything about it's so bad but I, the main thing I want to talk about is that, um, uh, what do you call it? Charging. Have you ever driven a non-Tesla EV? No. Okay. It's so bad. I guess. I guess. Let, let me ask you this. So, do you? What's what? What kind of chargers do you think the Bolt EV, the the latest generation Bolt EV can use? And if you had to guess, how what what wattage or what what do you think it supports? What do you think the charging situation is on a Bolt EV without looking it up? Mm, okay i would say is it a chatamo is it a ccs two terms i don't really know what they mean i is that not the same are, are those two different i think chatamo is like the weird ass one that N- nissan tried to make happen for a minute and ccs is the one that everybody is actually uses. Uses. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um i i would guess the the bolt ev something like i don't know maybe like a uh like an 85 watt max charge or something something like that is that what you're uh, asking? So, uh-huh. So the so I didn't know what to do here because like I so one I didn't I I didn't know how or where to charge it. Like the the name in terms of charging that I had heard of was something called Electrify America, which is the thing that Audi made or sorry, Vol- when Volkswagen and Audi got sued for uh <laughs> cheating on emission scandals and polluting the earth for a very long time. They were uh forced by the United States government to invest in electric vehicle charging. And they, in cooperation with a couple other companies, created something called Electrify America. And because of that, at every other Walmart in random parts of the country, there are sometimes up to three charging stations that are often broken and do not work. So with those, they allegedly support fast and ultra-fast charging. So I'm, I'm an idiot, and I didn't know how quickly the Chevrolet Bolt charges so apparently I was the asshole who was taking up a 
fast charge space with a car that can charge at most 50 kilowatt hours. 50. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. There's yeah. no way to f- figure that out. Cause I was like when I, so well, so several things, one, I'm not familiar with the San Diego area. I do not. Apparently there's a city below San Diego called national city. I thought it was just a neighborhood. Apparently they're entirely different cities. There's a Walmart down there. And when you download, when you download the electrify America app and try to find a charging station, it does not do the nice thing that Tesla does, which will tell you, Hey, how many spots are open? Do they actually work? Fuck no, it doesn't. Right. It just says, "Hey, there's three here. They're oh, they were all they were they were all in use." Uh, and then I waited for one, and I tried to get into it, and apparently there were three other people waiting for one. So I was like, "Okay, like fine, I'm not gonna get into a fight over a charging spot." When I plugged in, eventually after like 45 minutes of waiting, uh, I plugged it in. It didn't. It took like four tries to get my payment method to work, and then when I plugged in, it's like, "Oh, current charging speed like 23 kilowatt hours." I'm like, "But it says 150 on the thing." And apparently it's both the charging station and also the fact that the bolt doesn't charge very quickly. Right. Uh, and it's so bad. Yep. And then just every, everywhere else, like it, uh, the, it ended up and I, that that charging excursion was actually for not because the hotel that I was staying at, the parking garage that they have actually have charging stations, but they're the slow ones, which is fine because it was overnight. But even though the charging at the hotel was free you still have to swipe a payment method and like 75 percent of the chargers because they were in a parking garage had network connectivity errors and wouldn't let you charge the fudging car nice so so i guess what i'm saying is that ev charging for anything that's not an elmo mobile sucks and it's really not good and i understand that if you own a home and you charge it like that it's mostly irrelevant but in terms of somebody who's renting an EV or is on a road trip or something, it's still a mess. And I, it, it, it boggles my mind, and I, and I was so mad. And I, it just, yeah. What's, what's the other charging network? Because I was at, um, there's like a wealthy suburb just outside of San Diego called La Jolla. And I stopped at a pavilions there, which Orange County people will remember is the nice version of Safeway, even though it's the same thing and everything costs 50% more there. And they had, I forget what the competing charging network is that's not Electrify America, but they had them there. And it, uh, one of them, one of the two stalls didn't work and the other one worked after trying for like six times. It's not a good experience. Yeah, I've never, never tried myself, but as a frequent reader of um, Electric, they, they cover third-party chargers um, a fair bit. Like third party meaning like non non Tesla chargers, which is you know they they cover Tesla um, primarily. Um, this the situation sounds like what you describe sounds exactly like what they <laughs> describe all the time. It's 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 a pretty big mess. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, it was, um, it was was it an EV Go? Looking at the picture, yes, it was. Okay, yeah, that's 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 the other. That's the other one that I've seen. There's one of those somewhat near me. Yeah, like I, I don't know, man. Like it, it's a bummer. I did really like. I enjoyed the experience, and um, like yeah, electric cars pretty great. But uh, it it, the, it 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 bums me out about my car a little bit in terms of the acceleration. Like it just it's nice that it's just so smooth and instant, but also it does make me. And actually, the Model Three made me feel the same way, which is that all of the like quality of life features like just like the like the automatic windshield wipers the 360 camera the heated steering wheel the 
wireless carplay like just the the blind spot monitor like just every nicety in my car is like absent on so many other cars and i'm not like unless you go buy that impractical like audi e-tron or the ugly ass bmw ix6 or whatever like most other cars don't have the nice features i don't know it's it's it's, it's again my uh, everything's always two years away but i i hope stuff's better in two years probably cl- closing thought on the the charging situation i guess the only thing that you could say it's not really in defense of the mess that all these charging networks are but i guess that the thing is depending on your use it, it may not really matter like because like what oh, i totally. mean by that is that even with you know my tesla i mean i i sometimes go months and months and months without ever using a supercharger so well, that, you know it, it, it depends on how much you're kind of out 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 and about and far away from home well that's the thing which is that there's a youtube channel that i have recommended in the past and, I, and i'll find a link and i'll throw it in the show notes or i'll throw it in the chat and you'll put in the show notes um where it's a guy who's very much an early adopter and he also like you loves pe- uh, heat pumps or think they're, they're the future mm, but mm-hmm. he uh talked about like kind of like what what is the deal with ev charging and how big of a deal it is and he very much explains that like hey in terms of like the infrastructure thing of like oh how are we going to do support the ev conversion if we can't con- are we do we have to change every gas station to be 100 chargers and his answer is like no fuck no you you, you charge at home and you rarely ever interact with a public charging station because like your battery is 80 to 100 percent full because you charged at home and that makes sense but right now anytime you need to charge like back when evs were a novelty and you kind of at the whole foods there was always the, like the one or two funky super low low power charging things and i was like aha this person has a nissan leaf great and then that that's gonna be the future in 30 years and now that it's actually happening it's trickier and i and i do think the fact that it is so bad probably unfairly contributes to the stigma or worry about the cars themselves but i will verify that no it it is bad and i'm i'm just the things that tesla has figured out in just terms of like saying like like if the electrify america app had just said like hey zero of three charging stations available i would at least know how many there were and i could know what to have expected but it doesn't it's just it's basically a glorified like yellow pages like it just tells you like hey like it could just be like a static list it doesn't it does not need an app it doesn't help you in any way it's just not good i think the like the no before you go part of it is what stinks and was actually extremely pleasantly surprising about the tesla and even like the one that i rented like i didn't have like i just i plugged it in i didn't have to like the fact that i wasn't the registered owner like just it knew what the car was and it build the appropriate party there was no it was just you plug it in and that there's so much to be said for that and like the bumper sticker says actually i'm going to scale it back the car is okay hate the man yeah the the supercharging (laughs) network which we we've said a number of times on on this show is is a huge asset of of tesla's it's second second to none yeah well, it's literally second to nothing because there's nothing else. But right. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Other miscellaneous uh actually let me get up my notes. I don't think I have many notes, but about a San Diego. Uh I don't think I've ever been in a city that has as much airplane noise as mm. it 
it's weird where like they haven't tried to divert where planes fly away from where people live and the most uh, as i can tell the most happening neighborhood in san diego little italy ish is the noisiest place i've ever been and that's uh interesting yeah, I should have tried to take a, a picture of this, but um, at that stone location that I mentioned in Liberty Station, it is right in the the flight path of of the airport, and so yeah, the planes are yeah. are buzzing like right over right over your head and are are quite loud. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went I went to a coffee shop that apparently is owned by your son, and it like it's in Little Italy, and it's like inside, but like the planes are flying like five feet over your head and like directly there and it's i it's like it was a gorgeous cafe where like it'd be the perfect place to like get some work done it was the noisiest place in in, in the world mm-hmm. uh few other so I, okay i did find it few other san diego thoughts uh apparently they have something called a california burrito oh yes and they're bad no, uh, I, fa- how dare, I, how I have I have, I have found the only thing that potatoes and french fries do not make better oh how which dare is, you california burritos is the best so bad or i mean well it's fine it's just not additive like the it's it's a less healthy burrito that's that's now like starchy and dry i went to a place called it uh, like i don't know the internet said it was good called the taco stand apparently it's quite good it has a 4.9 out of whatever on google maps yeah not very good uh and also uh this kind of goes back to like denver and other cities relative to the bay area everything's so cheap there it's nice I'm sure the housing is still very expensive, but food-wise and other things, uh, quite inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice place to go. I'm surprised I've never been as an adult. Like, I think I went once to the San Diego Zoo on a field trip uh, as being an Orange County elementary school kid. But other than that, never been there before. Kind of cool. And yeah, La Jolla is very nice. It's like New uh, Newport Beach and Santa Cruz had a baby. Yeah, I get um, I get pretty spoiled with having the majority of my family uh, down in that area, so I'm down there a few times a year, and it's it's great. Yeah, and turns out the uh, got a, another hot take for you here. Um, <laughs> flying way better than driving down there. Turns out. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, and and again, yeah. Same, well, oh God, on. Uh, I guess for I, for, I had, for some. For I, some I, oh, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I just would say for, for context of my comment there, um, I, I've always been a, a you know strong proponent of, of only ever flying down there over the years, but COVID and kids and stuff, we've been driving down there for the past couple of years. I think I think we've done that drive like eight or nine times in the past couple of years, and it, you know this was our first time uh, flying down there, and it, it's so much better. Oh well, actually, I'll, I'll, well, okay. Let me let me do my thing first, and then then we'll. I, I do want to circle back to kind of what is your because you have you have not flown for a very long time. I did. Uh, I've, I've flown have flown now twice since the last time you and I have talked. But yeah, prior to that, had not been on a plane in almost three and a half years. Okay. So I want, to, I want to get back to that in a sec, but because I'm going to forget this. But I so I flew down for work, and I have never had the indignity of I'd never flown Southwest before. Oh, mm-hmm. hate it. Or I don't, I don't, don't, don't enjoy that. And also apparently, so I like when I, when I flew in, I was like, oh, hey, San Diego airport's very nice. Apparently oh, it had well, like, it's, it's under construction. Before, well, but like before uh, like uh, terminal one got redone, 
Like that was kind of the thing where Terminal Two was instead SFO. Terminal Two was the nice one. Terminal One was kind of like the decrepit, like kind of blip one. Same thing down there. Yeah, yeah. And then so like I flew in. I'm like, oh, this this thing's very nice. They've got palm trees inside the food courts. SAN is very nice. But then when I was leaving, was like one, I didn't realize my return flight was on Southwest, and I was like looking to check in. I was like, oh, what the fuck is a boarding group? And then I got really sad. But. Uh, it was like, yeah, Terminal 1 or whatever at San Diego Airport is uh, like stuck in the 1960s and not in the cool John, Don Draper way. It's, it was not great. Yeah, the, the, con, the contrast between those two terminals is stark. Um, they're, they're, in, they're in the process of doing exactly the same thing they did at SFO, like redoing the Southwest Terminal. So it, it will eventually be nice, just like the San Francisco one is now, but it's, it's going be, gonna to be a little while. Yeah, but, the, but the, the informality and the no assigned seats and all like. I, I I can't imagine who enjoys that. I, yeah, it's it's not it's not my not my favorite either. They are frequently the the cheapest option for you know going going down south. So you know we fly them a fair bit, but yeah, I can't can't, can't say they're my favorite. Yeah, like I did luck out where it was it was like a ten o five p.m. flight back to the Bay Area. So therefore, even like it didn't matter because like everybody had their own road to themselves. But it was it was it was fine. But it. Yeah, don't love it. I don't like even if I'm a thirty. Like I, I ugh, no. Is is are you supposed to? You're just in a boarding group, and you are you supposed to line up by the number in your boarding group, or does you happen to be one through thirty, and you just whatever? I can't even tell. I didn't want to ask. Well, there's there's a one through sixty, and then there's okay. b one through sixty, and then there's c. I guess it's also one through 60 or at least one through 30. So it's, it's that, that's the order you go in and your order is determined by how quickly you check in. So check-in opens 24 hours ahead of your flight time. And so you got to be sitting there on the Southwest app, like frantically refreshing it. Like you're trying to buy T-Swift tickets and I hate it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 okay. it's not great. Or, or you can buy. Oh, I saw that you their... can do like auto check-in or some bullshit yeah, like that. Yeah. No, no. Or you can travel with kids and do family boarding. And that, that actually works out okay. <sighs> Families get all the perks. I hate it. Ugh, no. <laughs> get, you, get your child tax credit. No, no. Sing, single people. <laughs> uh, wh- wh- where, when do we get our award? Okay. <laughs> all right. And then, sorry, I, I want to hear your thoughts because you, you're, again, you were a, a moderately COVID, COVID cautious person and yeah. you, you had not fl- flown for quite a while. I don't know. What, what's, what was your experience? We'll, we'll pull forward one of my um, chef specials. I was going to give this an honorable mention, but I, I can throw this in here. I'll send you send you the screenshot from my iPhone that I prepared. Um, I found I found the the good use for um, uh, what do they call them? Live activities. Um, it, it, it's a feature that we've talked a lot about here. It's a feature I've really wanted to like, but have never really found a compelling use case for but yeah traveling ends up being a a good good use of that so the the screenshot that you're looking at here has a live activity from flighty um, which is like the you know flight tracking app that everybody loves and i i can confirm is is really good and um uber so i had two two live activities going at once who would have thought um and yeah that that ends up being a, a nice way to um to to track stuff while you're while you're traveling interesting i still don't feel like well i guess like let me ask so 
what did you think of live activities when you're at not at the home screen? Like when they when the dynamic island get is, is in play. So overall good flighty's implementation of that is is excellent. One thing that was a little disappointing, which disappointing, which maybe I should have grabbed a screenshot of too, is I was curious what it would look like if I had flighty and Uber going at the same time. And that and that was kind of, the, kind of that like was a kind of a fail. Thing. Well, they didn't really even do that. Like the flighty app basically just turned into like a little flighty icon off to the side with no other information. And then the well, Uber yeah. app kind of took over. But there are ways, I think, where developers can implement that such that the secondary app does still show some limited information. I don't exactly know what that would be for flighty. Maybe there just wasn't anything practical to put there given the options they had. But I don't know. I was expecting something, I guess. Um but yeah, anyway, um yeah, the one the one good use of live activities. I I found it when flying for the first time in forever. Hmm. And yeah, when flying when you don't have any delays or other kind of logistical issues like that, way better than driving. Way more expensive though. Um they that was one that was another takeaway from this family Southern California trip from last week is you don't want to think too hard about how much more expensive it is to fly than drive. Like when you add up the flights well, most, and the rental car people. and everything, um, well, yeah, then having additional uh, humans with you, yeah, it's it ends up being, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I guess that's that's another another take is uh, traveling with kids also way way more expensive. <laughs> uh, no shade on your kids. How uh, behavior slash crying and uh in flight how'd that they they did really really well um they was it was quite pleasant they 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 did really they did pretty well on the way down and really well on the way back so that was great um the one (laughs) the one sort of takeaway though that um is a little more concerning is that it's you know from so we flew out of oakland into orange county so it's it's like not even an hour that you're up in the air and both kids were were i'd say pretty antsy kind of towards the end uh, of both flights and mm-hmm. we're we're getting ready to go to hawaii here in a couple of months which is like a <laughs> just know, five and a half five hour five five and a half yeah. hour flight so that's uh, <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting um but you know gonna be a lot of cocoa melon a lot of yeah a lot of cocoa melon um Oh, it's, it's kind of speaking of um, another little tech angle for you here. Oh. So I bought a um, Fire tablet like a couple years ago. It's like a Fire <laughs> HD 8, I think. I bought it just with so some... one of the ones that they just like give you for like $39. Yeah, like it was on sale. I I have the Amazon like store card. So I had a bunch of points. So I, I just I bought it with points a couple years ago. I, I had this idea of turning it into... A little tablet for uh, that would be on the the web bar that I that I have, and I would put like cocktail recipes on it and stuff. But I didn't didn't ever find a good app that was on Android for for that. Shocker! <laughs> I know, right? Turns out, so I so I never so I ended up scrapping that idea and didn't really have an alternative use for it. So it kind of just sat in a drawer for a while. But now having um, two new housemates, um. We've we've got like the the dual tablet the the Mike Hurley approved kind of dual tablet lifestyle where 
you know, the, the older new housemate has the iPad and then, you know, the younger new housemate, you know, because he's the younger one gets the, the Android tablet. Um, so now that little, um, fire tablet thing, it has the HBO, uh, well, <laughs> we'll get to it that each form, formerly HBO max now max app. Um, wait, is he, is he caught up on succession yet? <laughs> um, and it, you know, supports downloads and everything just like, just like the iOS version does. So it, it's become a secondary, uh, Sesame street, uh, tablet. Um, <laughs> so on the plane we had, you know, both of them watching Sesame street on their, on their respective tablets. So well, wait, so then how do I, I, I don't understand kids. Mm. Do kids wear headphones? Yeah. So we bought them, um, Oh, I should send I should send you a link to this. They're actually they're, are, they're are pretty... you do a rare triple chef special? Yeah, these actually these were pretty good. I could do a chef special. These were the the wire cutter. Well, the wire cutter actually their their top pick. Um, I know you brought, you the often wrong choice, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, they you always do. You you kind of accuse them of sometimes cheaping out um, or, or factoring well, they, in price a little too they, much. But they, like I think this is the one thing that me and John Gruber agree on. They weigh so heavily in terms of price over something actually being good. Well, so with the, their kid headphone pick, that was not the case. Like their their top pick was like a hundred dollar pair of like fancy Bluetooth headphones. So three times the cost of the tablet. Okay. Which yeah, which I you know, and and we needed two of these things, so we're like, eh, I'm not going to buy that. So they had their kind of you know basic pick um which i actually didn't pay attention to the the brand name of this before but on, on and, and off, off. <laughs> pretty good spelled o-n-a-n-o-f-f of course well but here's the thing is i actually do think do you know how like stuff on amazon when it just comes from like a chinese drop shipping company like it, it, it they're all made up i do think it's like one of the cases where actually it might have just actually worked but it is probably just made up too yeah Unless um, it's called buddy phones which might be a, a, a sister product to the sheep phones <laughs> Could be, um, so yeah. So we we bought a pair of these for for both the kids, and and they're they're great. They fold up really small. They're in fun colors. They've got a feature where you can connect them to each other. So if they're you know both kids are watching the same thing, and you don't have any other way of splitting the audio, you can just plug the headphones into each other. We didn't didn't use that feature this trip, but actually no, you know we did on the way down for for a little while. Um, yeah, good, good little fun set of headphones for the kids. And yeah, I'm kind of glad that oh. I found a found a, a use for that that little Amazon tablet that I have. Man, parenting must be hard. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the the the. You know how like every uh, Amazon page with the reviews has like an image gallery. Apparent uh, apparently they come. It comes with stickers where the kid can write their name on it. A very fun parent. Uh, turned it into an exercise to teach them how to spell and carefully print their name. This is cute. Yeah, don't don't tell don't tell my kids, but we we threw those stickers away because <laughs> Wait, do do you have the thing where kids just want to put stickers on everything? We 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 have that and my my daughter, if we would have given her those stickers, she You'd be finding them for a year. Well, that and she would have put some on but then decided she wanted to put different ones on so she would she would try to take the first set off which i'm sure they're not designed they and she get frustrated they weren't coming off it would it would have turned into a whole thing so those got those got thrown out <laughs> with the packaging 
See, I'm I'm, le- I'm learning, Carlos. I'm becoming a more um, experienced parent over here. You know, me me oh. me from a year ago, I would have made the mistake of giving her the stickers, and I would I, I would have thought, oh, you know what? We're going to bring these on the plane. This is going to be like a fun activity that's going to kill. 10, 15 minutes and it, it would have turned out to be a disaster. So can I, can I say something, uh, which is going to sound like a, like a dig, but is actually very kind sure. uh, become becoming less cool and, uh, boring is actually kind of endearing. Oh, I mean, I could not have been more excited about that, that minivan the whole week. Sorry. I was telling all of my friends and family that I was seeing how great it was. And like, <laughs> you're, you're going to be the guy pretty soon. Who's talking, who's uh, like going around telling people about it, the new garden hose he just bought. Like, the, I, I actually, are you already doing that? I, do you have thoughts I, on garden I, hoses? I, I, I can't, I can't say I've never done that. I, I actually, I do have thoughts on garden hoses. Uh, most of, uh, most of which around the fact that or revolve around the fact that most of them suck. Um, and I've still not found one that I love, but. Oh, I'll tell you, tell you sorry. No, as a city dweller, I will never have thoughts on any of that. So it's fine. <laughs> um okay uh sorry were there any other miscellaneous san diego thoughts i don't think so yeah california burritos are gross how how dare you i I love california burritos had one when i was in san diego there's actually a place uh called me pueblo there's there's a couple of them here in marin um and i don't think i think i think that's one of the things i think uh, as somebody who's vaguely hispanic but also not really i think just every mexican restaurant anywhere in the country is called me pueblo Mm -hmm. because i because there's like four of them in the north bay I don't think they're at all related. I just think everybody calls them Mi Pueblo. Yeah, ch- checks out. Um, well, the, the one that's closest to us up here, I actually had been going to for a while, but for whatever reason, didn't notice they had a California burrito on the menu and, and started ordering that no. recently. Very, very, very good. I do find it funny that I think the one in Novato is called Mi Pueblo number three. Like they don't, it's not, you're not going to the original one, which is funny. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, California burritos, gross. Um, okay. Unfortunately, did not expect that to take an hour. Let's place through some stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, going going with Mexican food. I have, I have two bits of follow up. Well, actually, the first one is so we we talk a lot about Chipotle, right? Uh, a surprising amount. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to Chipotle of my own volition for the first time in like six okay. years. This is like research for the show. Is everything? It okay? was. Okay. It was. I was not having a midlife crisis. I willingly yeah, knew do, do, i was do. making a bad life decision we, we, we talk, talk some more offline if, if, if everything's not okay you can tell me it, <laughs> <laughs> i i then immediately spat it out and then went to super duper and then i was like oh thank god real food um it was fine yeah it was fine it was better than i thought it would be i i went i ordered i was able to pay with apple pay Okay, I have I have an observation that I remind me I'm going to sh- save for off the show because I don't want to. It's it's going to sound weird, but I I did get a burrito bowl and it was fine. The app ordering experience was fine. Um, the food was fine. Like I, I I, it's better than I remember, but it was still seventeen dollars for a burrito bowl and some chips. Kind of pricey for what it is. It's fine. I went to the one with the, in Novato with the Chipotle, but I went inside to get it. It was fine. And then apparently Taco Bell is suing a regional taco chain for to uh, a ban- to uh, was it, invalidate the trademark on Taco Tuesday, which I do think in terms of we've, we've, we've talked uncharitably about Taco Bell, but that's kind of a cool thing for them to do. So good for them. Uh, two other quickies. 
we had talked about um actually this goes this goes with hand in hand with the bolt ev being the last gm car that will likely have carplay uh the ford ceo choosing to dunk on a competitor i loved it he was in uh he was in conversation at the wall street journal uh tech conference uh in conversation with tech jojo uh had a really good quote i think uh sorry daring fireball for ceo carplay because he had a really good quote and i want to get it right um uh the quote he said the interior has to be really done really well done but in terms of content we kind of lost that battle 10 years ago so get real with it because you're not gonna make a ton of money on the content inside the vehicle it has to be about safety security partial autonomy and productivity 70 percent of our ford customers in the u.s are apple customers why would i go to an apple customer and say good luck that doesn't seem very customer centric i know it's much easier to make that type of comment after everybody has basically just dunked on gm and saying like hey this is stupid or like why is this a good decision for you but like in terms of like getting the easy layup in nba terms like this is this was very well said and this is going hand in hand with the fact that the infotainment system in like the f-150 lightning and the mach e is leaves a lot to be desired at the very least it's sports car play and this was a good move on them because like the way that the GM thing has been framed and also like if you'll remember the GM announcement was coupled with like this weird biz dev marketing speak about how like it's a better opportunity to monetize in car experience like it said a bunch of stuff which was not like it was it could not be spun as a customer friendly move but this this was the perfect layup for um Jim Farley to to dunk on a competitor so improved mhm um all right let's get to the biggie of the week which is today is max day yeah happy happy max day i'm sorry that i forgot to to, yeah yeah if if you Um, celebrate it you know i I don't i don't know god uh, that was my joke (laughs) uh it's it's the high holiday um yeah fuck mad mad oh mad all right so this is so dumb and also like again former chef special or, or previous chef special uh the Mad Men quotes instagram account so good they had the thing do you remember the, the thing where there was um where don draper gets drunk and tries to like wing uh, a sales pitch <laughs> i do they had that but they photoshopped it to be him just saying hey just cross the hbo out of max and it, it was really good anyway so J- uh, david zaslov the I don't, I don't know what the term is but like he's like is it like nihilist like he he's like this like realist in terms like he he's the villain but he's probably right about a lot of things where so so was he already the ceo of discovery like where did he come from he yeah Wonder- he was the he was the ceo of discovery and then became and then he, the ceo of uh warner bros discovery which is when the- at&t and uh stanky basically said like oh hey this is a really bad financial decision let's get rid of this exactly yeah okay so and then oddly discovery not time warner warner brothers or hbo are the they're they're not the lead they're they're actually the the um what's what's the the second banana like to to this whole situation so i i think they're i think it's like I, I don't know all the details of it. I think the corporate ownership is like basically 50-50-ish, but but it's Discovery's management team that that took it over. Yeah. So 
But basically, um, this was who? Yeah, this was this was the headline from the New York Times: uh, Succession and Doctor Pimple Popper together in Warner streaming app. Because this was, this was the we've been talking about this for a year and a half, which is that if they were to go under co ownership, is Discovery Plus going to stay its own thing? Is HBO Max going to stay its own thing? Are they going to try to make a super app? Are they what 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 is the strategy going to be? And no, ultimately, what they did was they were just going to be like, hey, let's just let's let's make this a Chipotle breedable just throw all the shit together and let's just let's see how how it lands and see how people order it but apparently also they're going to just keep discovery plus as its own separate seven dollar a month thing for whatever reason on top of this but um it was always weird when the hbo max product first came out where people were like okay so you're gonna mix in these like six disparate channels but you're still gonna have the hbo name on it and is that gonna delete the hbo brand and now discovery is like hey no we, we don't actually care let's just call it max and just throw everything into the stew and see how it lands and that's kind of what it is and that rebranding and new product are out now and there have not been any pricing changes right it's still 15 dollars a month so there's different there's different pricing tiers now so there there is a there's a tier that's more expensive now. I think it's like $20 a month and it provides for, I think more like 4k content, um, the ability to have more episodes of stuff downloaded at once and some other niceties. And then there's a less expensive option that's, that's ad supported. So so two things on this one, kudos to them. They own max.com pretty good. Uh, but no, they, but yes, yeah, so the pricing tiers are, they have what's called ultimate ad free, which is $20 a month. And the difference is that you can stream on four devices instead of two, and you have to pay that much to get 4k. And also Atmos is exclusive to the ultimate ad free tier. And then ad free is $16 a month and ad, with ads is 10. Hmm. But yeah, like I, I, I do you think this is like was the right strategy overall? I, I do. Yeah, I do. Well, so well, I'll I'll caveat that with. Well, I'll start with the, the reason I think so, but then I'll give you I'll give you the caveat. So the reason I think it is because I, I maybe this pains you to hear, although I think you already know this. Like, you know, in our circle, we think of HBO content things like Succession and Game of Thrones as being like you know, this wildly popular thing that like everybody watches. But the reality is that that stuff in the grand scheme of things has pretty limited appeal. Like what, what does a show like succession pull in? Is that like 15 million people a week? Something like that, bro. It's like two and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm probably way overselling it. Um, I think game again, of Thrones, like at its height was like around 15, which is maybe what I'm thinking of, but I think that's also too high. I, I think it, it wasn't that, way through the whole run i think like the, the last few episodes i think maybe had those numbers but but it, the, the point being that that type of content just it it, it just has very narrow appeal it, it just, i don't just, think it does i think i don't think it has narrow appeal i think it's that the the i was gonna say crap the filler <laughs> the the stuff that is like you know like it's just like the big bang theories of the world and the stuff that goes down easy it has more appeal. And David, that's the part where I'm saying that David Sassel, he's not wrong. 
like what was the what was the quote like he's like if i could just put like chip and joanna on all day I, like i would print money like he he had a like a like a, a glib quote about it but he's fucking right like it's just succession like is again like pull forward chef special probably the best tv show in the past decade like it's really good but also there are 90 percent of the the u.s population would never even entertain the the idea of watching a show that's like that and there's other stuff that goes down easy. Like I just I just sent you a picture from like what they're advertising on the website. Like it's Guy Fieri next to Daniel Radcliffe. Like there's other stuff that has broader appeal, and that does make more sense. And Netflix, even though everybody wants to shit on Netflix recently, like there is no unified messaging or um, creative direction. Netflix just makes a bunch of stuff and puts it on there, and hopefully enough people like some of it that they don't cancel the thing that costs $17 a month. So I don't, I can't hate on Max. That's a really stupid name for what they're doing. I, I just think that like, I think my, and I, and I think you'd probably sympathize. Like I think my complaint and people who think similarly to me is that it's more like the original, like the original sin of HBO Max, which is that you're diluting something that used to mean the best of tv for a specific type of customer and content consumer into all this other stuff and now they're like oh well that didn't work either so we're just gonna call it something else and then H- like hbo um like which has like some of the most revered stories that have ever been told on american tv is just one twelfth of what that is and, and and i understand from a business perspective that's not sensible or right but i do think that's why the people who are dunking on this or, or think it's lame that that's what it's based out of, but I think everybody ultimately does think that this is the correct strategy and is the right thing to do. Yeah, no, that, that's that's yeah, that's that's all well said, and basically what I what I was gonna say as well, but but said way better. the The caveat that I was gonna throw in there though is, and I feel like we were kind of early on this too with streaming. Hell yeah, which is. I think it's still just really weird and maybe normal people don't think about this, but I just think it's really weird that these streaming services are set up where the collection of content that they have is is just because it happens to have the same like owner. Yeah. Like there's otherwise nothing that ties this content together. Like I think I think the exception well, to that of course is Disney Plus, maybe well, the- Netflix is kind of that way too, but like Paramount Plus, Peacock, Max, we- like all this stuff, it's just it's a a weird collection of content well we, we've talked about this a bunch which is like who who owns like wh- where where has friends been like it was on netflix for a while and then it was on peacock and then it was on this other thing and wasn't it also on max for a while and like i'm, I'm on the max.com website and i so there's a show that i've never watched but apparently it's supposed to be pretty good called abbott elementary and it's an abc show and i would think if that was available on a streaming thing it would be available on disney plus or hulu of some sort but apparently it's available on max because i assume it's one of those shows where it's actually created by Warner Brothers and is then just licensed and sold to ABC. Like, and but you can't expect regular people to know what's who made what or what is it. So, yeah. So did you um, did you try the the new app at all today? I've got a, I've got a couple thoughts there. Not at all. Please please, please fill me in. Um, so the, um, the, the rollout from a technical perspective was a bit odd. 
where on certain platforms, including all of Apple's devices, you needed to download a brand new app. If like you, it wasn't just like an update and it turns into a thing, you actually had to go seek it out. So, so if you opened the HBO Max app today on an Apple device, which I did, you literally just basically got a screen that was like, hey, this doesn't work anymore. You've got to go download this other app. Which, you know, again, if you're a normal person who doesn't follow this stuff, I would think would be very jarring and confusing to be like, wait, like, what do you wait, what do you mean I don't use the HBO Max app anymore and I gotta download this other thing? Um so kind of kind of weird there. And then on on the Roku TV that we have, it worked the way I would have expected it to work, which is you just you just opened the HBO Max app and the first time you did that, it but just like, oh yeah, okay, now this is the Max app, and you d- d- didn't have to do anything. I mean, I had to re-log in, but otherwise, like, there wasn't anything to like download or anything. Um, so ca- that 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 all was was ca- kind of weird, especially for devices where you ha- had to download a whole new app. Um, I haven't tried this yet because I haven't used it on my Apple TV yet. But apparently, that's like a whole mess where the HBO Max app previously used like a custom video player that didn't work very well with the Siri remote and didn't adhere to a bunch of the standard like Apple TV features including like match dynamic range and match frame rate picture in picture all that kind of stuff but then each or Warner Brothers did migrate to all that kind of standard Apple tech more recently in the HBO Max app but now with the new Max app, they've like gone back to like all their old ways of the custom video player and everything. So that that kind of sounds like a mess. Um, and then the thing that I actually just realized as we've been talking now is that I I get HBO well previously HBO Max through AT and T. It's like part of um, <laughs> I forget if it's part of my cell phone plan or if it's part of my fiber plan. Um, I actually might get it as part of both. Um, so I, I used to just have, you know, like the, the top tier HBO max plan, but what I'm discovering now is on max that gets converted to the middle tier. So just the ad free (laughs) tier. So like the most practical thing that means for me is that I, I, I don't have access to 4k content anymore. Or just, your fancy just, Atmos, right? Yes. And if just, you want, you and you can't just pay the difference. You, if you actually care that much about it, you have to pay us uh, pay a separate twenty dollars. Is that is that true? Yeah. Um, or at least that with with sorry with vaguely to say with competitors, that's how it would work. Yeah, I actually was just Google searching um, if there was because like with with Peacock, you could if you were a Comcast subscriber, you could just pay the price difference between the. I think there was also like the middle tier. If you wanted to go to the top tier, you just paid the price difference. I actually was just Google searching to see if that's the way it worked with AT&T and this new HBO setup. And or, or I, I have found that I like I get the the Disney bundle through uh, my telecom provider, but it's you get you get the ad free Disney Plus, but you get Hulu with ads and there's no way to pay the difference. So that is the information I'm going based off of. So I'd assume it'd be no different for the HBO Max situation. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any answers yet. 
So, um, although there's also, I guess, like a forum post from AT&T help on the AT&T community forums that seems to imply that you do still get access to 4k content if you're on the ad-free plan through AT&T, even though the ad-free mm -hmm. plan, if you're not subscribing through AT&T doesn't get 4k content. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I care about this stuff way more than I should. So, cause how, I mean, how, yeah. how often am I watching 4k content? Because Sesame Street's not in 4K, so well, I was going to ask, like, how how are you properly experiencing Cookie Monster if not with Atmos sound coming from the ceiling? Well, Sesame Street would look really good in 4K. looks looks really good in 1080p, but it would look even better in 4K. But yeah, but Gonger said in his contract, no, 4K <laughs> is too high res to yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, it, I did anything else on the HBO stuff, or sorry, on the Mac stuff. Um turns i'm reading some more um recent um posts or re responses to this thread and it it does seem like um yeah 4k stuff isn't isn't available if you're just getting the free at&t plan hmm. if they're like if they <laughs> no, no. i do wish that zaslov would have been uh hey you're not allowed to watch sesame street until you've watched the entirety succession that would that would give you the nudge that you need Maybe sometime in 2027, you'll do it. Okay. Um, beyond that, there's been like other tension, like news, and we probably don't need to talk about it, but like uh, there, like uh, Zaslav had previously done some posturing where under some um, conference, but he was at, he was like, Hey, like we don't, we, we see the NBA as valuable partners through our tnt network and all this kind of stuff but we actually don't need like he said some like bullshit thing about like oh we don't actually need sports but apparently they have been backtracking a little bit or does see the long-term value of nba now that they are relaunching max so that is one interesting thing where and this goes hand in hand something that we probably won't have time to talk about today but espn has been like things have been accelerating quickly like i do i do think we were maybe late to the game about is cord cutting actually happening but we were always on the right side of history in terms of if cord cutting does happen it being a cost-saving measure will not actually be an accurate take on how that is but uh espn apparently disney is preparing for the inevitable of offering disney uh, offering espn as a standalone channel direct to consumers and they're looking at how to restructure their um licensing agreements with the leagues to accommodate that impending reality and yeah warner brothers apparently also has come around a little bit to the fact that sports are the one thing that people will reliably pay for and will be part of their future and the draw for customers mm -hmm. Okay, one other quick watch. Uh, so two, okay, two two quickies and then one one medium thing. All right, uh, Hulu has renego has renegotiated a new package that gives people access to PBS. Great, and also the Magnolia Network. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's a big draw or um, expenditure on the cable plan, but cool. Uh, previously, I was not aware of this, but di uh, Dancing with the Stars uh, went Disney Plus streaming only 
for a season or two. And apparently that experiment, that experiment is over and it is heading back to ABC. Interesting. And the last thing, going back to the uh, NBA playoffs. So yeah, so that Fubo TV thing, I, I guess the only reason I want to bring that up is that it's fine, but I think kind of there is not really a good whole cloth over the top cable replacement right now. Like, I, I really don't like the YouTube TV interface and f- everything else is just not very cost competitive. Like, like I was looking for like the cheapest deal of how to watch the NBA playoffs and sling. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, this was the other thing. Um, Fubo TV does not have TNT, which means it was basically useless for two of the nba games and sling tv is also missing some key networks there so it's still kind of a mess like the only service that has everything is youtube tv and hulu plus live tv both of which are very expensive youtube tv is 73 dollars a month and hulu is 80 dollars a month and that's i don't know like yeah the the cord cutting is not the cost saving dream everybody thought it was going to be and Fubo TV is not either. Like, I guess, like, their big thing is that they have, like, all these funky European, like, sport soccer channels and other stuff. Like, if, like, if, if, uh, Euro soccer and cricket and, um, non US sports are your thing, like, it has you covered. But otherwise, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great ecosystem right now. Yeah, YouTube TV um, is fine. I, I agree with you. The interface isn't isn't my favorite, but it it's it's fine. It feels like it's made by engineers. Like I guess, like nobody has really cracked. Like, like TiVo was like it was good in terms of like just like hey, you show a guide, you show us on, and maybe there's some thumbnails with some discover like some not discovery discovery. But like ways to discover content to watch and yeah I, I, I don't think youtube tv has cracked it but in terms of like the breadth of content available pretty good all right and then lastly are you caught up on ted lasso i am yeah thoughts I've I've really liked this season a lot. I think it's I think it's been been excellent. The part about it which I'm a little confused, which which I guess like a lot of um a lot of what we're talking about here, I I, I only think about because I think about this stuff too much sometimes, is you would never know this is potentially the last season. Like I think there's only what two episodes left, and they've they've not really done anything to. Like if if you weren't following this stuff at all, like you'd have no idea. Like they were angling for the show to potentially be over, like in a couple of episodes. So I, I I'm finding that to be a little strange, unless it is going to be the case that the show somehow continues. Um, and then the other part of it too is it does feel like because this is potentially the last season that they've they've maybe covered too much ground. Like they've really hit on a bunch of different in some cases, complex topics that it feels like they've mm-hmm. kind of 
I don't know, probably gone through a little bit more quickly than I would have wanted. Like there's been some stuff that I think could have spanned at least a couple of episodes that were kind of compressed down into like half an episode or maybe one episode. Uh huh. But yeah, I mean, otherwise I think it's, it's been, it's been really, been really good. Yeah. I'm very, I think it should have ended last year. I think it's been fine. I, the stuff that you're talking about, I do think they have, they have tried to tackle a lot. I've never understood like the term that this is something that people like uh, people talk about like about the seventies, like there were little like after school specials. Do you, are you familiar with that term at all? Mm-mm. Like, well, they'll talk about like the issues of the day. There's a lot of stuff where it, they're just covering things that don't seem essential to the story. And I wouldn't mind it if they gave it the appropriate amount of time, but they've had, and I, I can think of, and I'm not going to discuss them because it's going to turn into a weird contentious topic. But there have been, like, in the past five episodes, like, three social issue topics that are worthy of discussion, but wrap themselves up in, like, three quarters of an episode. Where I do agree with your point, which is that it feels like a lot is happening very quickly, and either that could have been solved by editing and maybe just focusing on only telling one of the three, or this should have been longer. But like I, I do think they're kind of just churning and burning with a lot of messaging around a like particular thing. But like it's just it's it's a lot. Like they're trying they're trying to give like Keely a lot to work with. They're trying to develop Roy in a certain way. They're trying to talk about um, what's his name? The the what's the first name of uh, Obasanya? Uh, Sam. Sam, like him and his is it his sister who has the restaurant? Uh, well, sister, it, it, cousin, it, it, maybe it's, it's him that owns the restaurant, right? I don't think so. I, th- I think it is. Or, or his head chef. Well, well who, who is it? His sister who runs it? Maybe. Okay. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> if, sister, I don't know if they're related or not. Oh well, they're not dating. Well, there's. Hmm. Anyway, okay. Uh, anyways, but like it's it just there's a lot going on, and I don't like it. If they were focusing on one of them, it fi- it, it would be fine. But I, it feels less genuine and impactful because they're bouncing between hot button social issue too quickly and it kind of just like it's like hey here's a soccer team oh, sorry spoilers here's a soccer team on the upswing and also here's some like heavy shit that's happening with vague with with characters you you like and it's just i don't know it, it i i feel like this the show is not as successful at doing what it thinks it's doing as I think everybody wants it to be. And it's, it's, it's fine. The first season was perfect. The second season had opportunity, but pretty good. The third season has moments of brilliance, but it's doing so much at once. That's not, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely got shrinking syndrome. I think. I don't know. It's not bad. Like happy to watch it, but I guess let me ask this. This was talked about, I think, on maybe last week of upgrade. And so this is the final season. Uh, who? What's the name of the guy who's Roy Kent? The actor's name. Oh, um, I'm so bad with with actor names. 
Um, uh, I do, 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 do. Brett Goldstein. Yes. Brett Goldstein. So he's one of the executive producers, or he's something on um, Shrinking. Like, people seem to think that they're just going to make a show called Roy Kent. Or, like, they're basically just going to, like, because uh, Jason Sudeikis wants out. Like, or, like, he, he thinks, like, hey, we've told a complete story. I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep doing this or run into the ground. He doesn't want to pull um, uh, The Office or a Friends. And people seem to think that they're just basically just going to continue the same thing. But, like, Sam is the lead character or Roy is the lead character. Do you, do you buy that or think of that? I also think an all-competing theory was that they were going to make a show centered around Beard, which I think would be profoundly unsuccessful but my yeah my money would be on roy becoming head coach and the show continuing that that's 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 my current that's my current guess the the thing that's again weird about that though is that i don't feel like they've done anything to set that up and the the only reason that's even like a theory out there is because people his his backroom deals or like, or it's like not backroom deals, but like just like his relationship with Apple TV kind of sets that up, right? Well, it just, well, it was just the fact that like Sudeikis has been very explicit about saying it's a three season show, like yeah. But but yeah, there's been there's not really been much in the show that would that indi- would indicate that from like a story perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're you're much more positive than I am. Like, it's still a show that's worth watching, but I do I do think it and shrinking are trying to accomplish something that they're not being terribly successful at in terms of having a social commentary style show but overall i mean it's still fine like it, it just feels like it's 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 a lot of the same stuff happening over and over and over again yeah um what do you, if you had to if you had to um, pull an idea out of the air? What happens to Nate? I think he rejoins the team in the last two episodes. Yeah. Hmm. And what and what's the deal? Do we is there more to know about what's 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 the name of the um like the the Greek restaurant hostess? That's his girlfriend. Or maybe past tense. I'm not sure. I don't remember her name, but I, I know who you're talking about. What, what's what's is there more? Like, did she previously have a relationship with Rupert? Like, what what is the deal there? There's something there, right? No, not not that not that we know. Well, but then why would why would because like the whole thing is like Rupert met her and then invited a Nate to a, a, a sketchy, creepy guy's night out and then fired him. So something. Well, he going he on? he quit. I think I think because Rupert was either being dismissive of the fact that he had a girlfriend or maybe was even trying to get him to to not have a girlfriend so that he wouldn't be distracted from his perspective and mm. in, in the face of that Nate Nate quit. He didn't he didn't want to be a part of that. Oh, so you, you don't think he was fired? Well, no, he said he quit. Did he did I I entirely missed that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, when when I was finding a um a uh an episode of Ted Lasso that fell off a truck, I actually because I'm just so used to everything having a tight ten episodes, I was like, oh shit, this is the season finale. But I totally forgot it was tw- uh, twelve episodes, not ten. Right. 
So yeah. And they've been long. They, they've been uh, doing jumbo episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like Succession for its last three episodes is doing 75 minute episodes. Um, Ted Lasso has been doing like 45 to an hour episodes. No. No. All right. Uh, you want to button this up with some uh, chef specials? Let's do it. Um, All right. So we have the on and off headphones. Good name. <laughs> right. So this is this is my, ac- my actual chef special. So I... I I bought this in anticipation of our rental car not having CarPlay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was expecting just to have to you know mount my phone somewhere I could see it and and basically just you know use my use my phone that way for navigation and stuff. Um, which turned out not to be the case, but I still ended up really liking this product, which is the the Belkin MagSafe vent mount. And it, it is exactly what it, you know, what its name implies. It's it's a um, phone mount that, you know, mounts to your air vent like, you know, phone mounts have done in cars forever. But it uses, you know, MagSafe instead of one of those kind of clip-on things that, you know, vent mounts and other kind of car mounts have used forever. And it it's it's really, really good. It's, it, it looks like it, it's going to be flimsy. Both the little mechanism that attaches to the actual air vent seems like it's going to be flimsy because it doesn't have any kind of lock or tightening mechanism on it. It's just, it's just kind of like a pressure thing. So I was mm-hmm. a little, I was a little skeptical of that, but that was rock solid. And then I was also a little skeptical of the actual kind of MagSafe part. Cause I, I remember in the really early days of MagSafe, there were some companies that kind of tried to get out ahead and put out these MagSafe based mounts and they were yeah, and you go over a speed bump and the phone goes flying so yeah, yeah so they were they were kind of spotty so i was a little little worried about that too but no i mean this thing was absolutely rock solid both the part that attached to the air vent and and the MagSafe part that you know kept the phone on it really really good um and it you know you can you can rotate your phone in either orientation um yeah i mean overall it was um really good so you know i don't know how often i'm going to end up using it but um if if that if this is something that you're in the market for like this seems like a, a really good one yeah i had one of these from belkin that was not before magsafe was a thing that just had kind of like the clampy arms but the part of that you you, you that you marked on that you feel like would be the weak link which is that the part that actually just kind of secures it in the air vent Oddly, like it feels like it's unsophisticated, but no, does the job. Yeah, I know. I, I I actually didn't pay much attention to that part of it when I bought it, and when I took it out of the box, I was like, "Oh, come on! Like this is this is not going to work." Um, but no, it it, it was 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 really good. Yeah. Um, they make a version of this that I consider buying a couple times, which has I, I like because I guess what people should clarify here is that this does not it it's using MagSafe for the purposes solely of holding the phone up Mounting, but it does not actually yeah, not charge charging right they do make a version that has USB-C on the end of it that you can then run either to a usb a USB-C port if it's provided in the car or um to like whatever the is it a dc the cigarette lighter charger thingy so they do make a version that will actually charge but the issue with those is just that um magsafe in wireless charging in general in terms of like heat efficiency is not great so if you're using that charging the phone over mag uh, over wireless using gps and the phone's like also in the sun 
like that's usually kind of not great for the phone and will give you that like iphone overheating message mm. but it's but it's an interesting concept and yeah no these actually and also i these are only like 30 bucks right yeah this yeah exactly this was like it was it was 30 35 or 40 bucks it, it's really really well made um yeah there, there's a million third-party ones but belkin go, go name Bel- brand belkin yeah. makes good stuff so and i i i, I I didn't want to buy something and then have the phone fall off, you know, two minutes after I put it on. Just because you wanted to save 10 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you, have you ever thought of buying one of those? Because I still have never tried continuity camera. Have you bought that Belkin continuity camera mount thing yet? I haven't. I I have a a Logitech webcam that I, that I use for, for work here. Mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty solid. I'm I'm sure, Mm -hmm. I'm sure continuity camera would be a little bit better but but no I, i've never tried that got it um do i have no i don't people got off easy yeah to spend money on that thing 